The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Do you want me to start singing? It's the end of the world as we know it. I'm definitely using that as the opener of the show. <laughs> Welcome everybody to Fantasy NBA Today. I feel Today. fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're starting to play games at at family meals of like, hey, can we come up with songs that have the word fire in them? Can we have can we come up with songs that have the word apocalypse in them? Are you hanging in there over there, Brew? You all right? Hey, whatever day, whatever of the quarantine, you know, Started. we are somewhat quarantined most of the time. Anyway, a lot of us work a lot of days from home. I've been home, you know, because of the kid, and it's uh, I feel for people though who don't have that in their life and they're finding out what it's like to work from home and they've got kids crawling all over them and there's, and not to make light of it, there's really serious situations out there. Uh, but I am personally doing okay. <laughs> that's, about, that's about all I'm we okay. can ask for. Everything is okay. Yeah. We, we too are <laughs> hanging in there. We're, you know, it's, it, we're all that, uh, everything's fine meme, right? the the dog with the house on fire we're we're trying but i mean at the same time very strict measures have been put in place in uh two states since the last time we put an episode out of this podcast this is fantasy nba today by the way everybody i'm dan vespris i am joined by the architect el arquitecto the creator of hoopball aaron brewski trying to make this a thing here so you guys have uh, a weekend podcast to to mull over with the big dog himself california's on statewide they well, you know, whatever term they want to use in Northern California, they called it shelter in place. Uh, Mayor Eric Garcetti down here in L.A. wants to call it stay at home. Whatever you want to call it, basically everything is closed except for what they deem essential businesses, such as the grocery store, the pharmacy, health services, and medical marijuana dispensaries. Did you see that? I did not. Yep, weed shops that, are open. Well, good for them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just thinking back to college, Dan, and thinking, like, who did they, who, what person is on the consulting staff that was just like, College, right, well, Dan, are yeah. you sure it's not a little bit more than college, Dan? <laughs> I, w- I wish it was more for more t- contemporary, Dan. Although, honestly, I think if I got, think if I got high right now, I'd be really paranoid. That's a bad idea for me these days. Oh, uh, you might eat all of your, your reserves as I, well. Yeah, we're, we're completely out of Pop-Tarts, and I'm freaking out, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I, apparently college Dan is on the consulting staff for what businesses get to stay open. It's, it's, I'm just picturing like Jim Brewer. They're just like, what do we need to keep open? He's like, you pharmacies, know, I, I, man. I'm not happy with the Jim Brewer depiction of stoners. <laughs> I'm perfectly happy with it. It's what, it's what me and all of my I, roommates I don't think it's like. realistic. <laughs> it was exactly what I looked like. Man. Okay. I didn't say man. Cause we went to Cal. We, we were. We pretended to do British accents when we. <laughs> Monty Python or uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000? A blend of a, a, a rotating a rotating arsenal of bad British accents. You know what? I've OK. So I've been watching um, Westworld in my spare time, which, by the way, don't do that. If you're going to do it, you really got to concentrate because that yeah. thing is confusing. It's confusing. It's a little bit self-congratulatory. We couldn't fully get into it over here. 
Well, you know what I figured out, and, and it's partly this cheap TV in my office that I bought, like one of the speakers went out right away. Um, so I've got it all balanced over to the right. And um, <laughs> basically, it makes it already harder to hear things. Um, but I think in that show, they just talk confusing. Like their their words don't come out right. Like it's like... Blah, 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 Dude, blah, you know blah, blah, what it blah. is? You know what it is? It's the creator in the Matrix trilogy. That whole show is just listening to that guy try to explain the Matrix in the middle of the Matrix. Oh, you you mean the architect? The architect. You see what I did there? Wow. Yeah, wow. Thank you. We're full circle now. Full circle. But yeah, this, I agree with you. It's just like why I get it. You're trying to make a really deep point. But come on, man. Don't you know that I got like 22 minutes at the end of my day after my kid goes down? I, I really want to try to understand this thing without... Anyway. Uh but so, it, oh yeah no go but, ahead. But I might switch to Mystery Science three, uh, Theater three thousand if I could find it. Yeah, that to me that show I don't for you a lot of man we're gonna really date ourselves. Mm-hmm. That show was hilarious. Yeah, that show was, it was great. The, it was the best. That show was outstanding. So outstanding. I want to watch that. If we're if we're all going to hell, we're we're uh, we're we're rewatching twenty four in its entirety over here. I think oh, you and you're I still doing that. It. Oh yeah, <laughs> it does. It takes a long time to binge watch when the toddler goes down at nine thirty and you got to go to sleep within the hour. So we get through about two thirds to one episode per day. We're on season four right now. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, uh, Secretary Heller is has made his uh, his foray into the series now. And Jack Bauer is has gone is fully jacktivated these days. He's just fully like, jacked. He's just headbutting and <laughs> shooting people left and right. It's it's all headbutts once you hit season four. That's maximum jacktivation. We <laughs> shouldn't even make this joke because it's supposed to be a basketball podcast. But of course, you we know, are going to talk basketball, right? Eventually, yeah. When we when we turn on the show, we call it jacking on. And so, <laughs> anyway, everybody can follow the logic there. Uh, hopefully everybody else is finding a way to occupy themselves. I think for us over here, Brew, the, the hardest part, well, the hardest part is, is certainly the fact that there's going to be another kid in our house in probably the next five days. And, uh, all the doctors have said, just get the kid out, get in and out of the hospital before things get worse. Second hardest part is the fact that schools are closed and the, and the toddler is losing his damn mind. Uh, my wife has wisely ordered a, a crap ton of arts and crafts that they can do and just but you know you're 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 trapped right now and that's for adults we have streaming but you can't just put your kid in front of a TV for 14 hours a day that's that's just bad news they won't run out any energy we are however maintaining no one over here is ill knock on wood and uh, we we sort of shuttle we sort of shuttle ourselves along you guys you said you're hanging in there you're okay yeah we're um you know you're man you're going through it and i we're just lucky that i i think um you know scott i at, at his age just about six months now is i mean he's getting active so i can completely i'm getting the preview of what you're already dealing with um he's just kind of restless he wants to touch everything he wants to just explore wherever he's at um so at two or three that's just you know that that's way more energy way more to uh try to wrangle but um no, I mean, it's it's definitely rough. We're both working from home over here. Um, so I basically take on a lot of the child care now. And then um, it's, uh, you know, the the parents, the grandparents, they want to see, you know, Skylar and they can't see Skylar. So it's really, really, you know, just like getting at them. And and at the same time, it's the same story everywhere else. Um, very interestingly, though, 
you know, we went for a walk yesterday uh, here in Sacramento. We live near a uh, place called McKinley Park, which is nice little. It's got a pond. It's, you know, it's a great little one mile walk around it. And it was packed and it was a beautiful day. And people, there's this connection we all have around the world now where we're all going through the same thing at the same time. And it was just the, the craziest vibe in the world. Like people were talking with each other. They were hanging out. All of the conversations you could hear, they were talking about the same thing, talking about Corona. And, um, you know, people were just really appreciating the outdoors. I hope um, they were all six and- feet apart from one another. They were most of the time, and that's the crazy. I mean, I, I did have to go to the store the other day, and um, you know, it's just crazy. Like you got a lot of elderly, you know, shopping in these stores because they have to, and your your thought is like, oh, I want to help you, but then you're like, I can't get near you, you know. So um, it's an eerie experience. I do think that people getting out their house and going for walks, you know, while they can, you know, pretty sure quarantining is going to allow for that here in Sacramento. Um, we've had, we've pretty much been on the precipice of the quarantining efforts. So we've kind of experienced it all first before most people, uh, will at least here in the States. And, um, we're still allowed to go for walks. Yeah. You know, I I think they're still encouraging that even, um, just, we do have a shutdown order. Yeah, lots of businesses closed up outside of the, I mean, that was the joke earlier, the essential oh. ones. Um, you can still drive around. You can still go for a walk. It's just, it's weird, man. Like, there was a, uh, I pulled up a Google map because I saw someone flash by on my Twitter feed on earlier this morning. It's Friday. Uh, and Friday rush hour in the morning in LA, the, the streets were open. Like, that is the apocalypse. If you look at Google Maps of Los Angeles and it's all green, that is the end of days. That doesn't happen. That happens at two in the morning on like between so between like Sunday and Monday when everyone is asleep. That's the only time you ever see the roads like that. And that is both incredibly creepy because you, you hope your whole life you're just like, I wish I could go somewhere without traffic in LA. And then at the same time, it's also kind of wonderful that people are actually listening. That's a that's a big deal oh, because this is really, going to get worse. Really important, man. So, I, so important. I'm I'm just sort of disgusted with this this dissonance, and I know why people are like this. I know the messaging that they're getting from leadership is not good. It's not strong. It's it's really hard to watch the country go through this. I mean, you're watching 24 right now. How much would you personally pay to have President Palmer? In there making calls right now. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's the case pretty much all the time, every day. I know. It's, regardless it's so of. We actually, we, 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 there was about 10 of us that watched this show. We were, you know, back in our bachelor days. We watched the show religiously and we were like fanboys. We got a picture of President Palmer, put it up on the, on the mantle. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't want people to take this as a political thing. We want President Palmer over everyone. Yeah, if you want if you want politics, go to my Twitter feed. The, <laughs> the the but the but the here's the thing: nobody should need the golden rule to be explained to them. No, you, that you, part's you, true. You you are contagious potentially. You can't answer that question. You you if you can't answer that question, why are you potentially putting other people at risk? 
And that's what's so nice about what I saw when I looked at Google Maps this morning. Because, and then we're this is going to be the segment that I've been referring to as the hashtag math segment of the of Fantasy NBA today. Basically, my daily reminder that anything that we're doing as people, as a country, as a community, you're not actually going to see its impact for seven to fourteen days or more, potentially. And and the notion, I think, mentally. It's a tough hurdle because we as humans are sort of wired to react to whatever's happening right in front of us. Right in front of us, it's going to continue to get worse for days, maybe weeks, even though we all just, and you know, we've been quarantining over here and you have two for various other reasons. But now that the state is on full lockdown, you're not going to see the results of this big statewide lockdown until probably early April. At the earliest, I would think. And so hopefully people continue to do the right thing. Let's protect each other. Let me ask you well, about some of the now NBA so stuff. We can get, I mean, it's funny because the, the storylines evolved to the point where we've kind of all figured, we've all circled the wagons and we've figured out exactly how they should be messaged to people. And I think where they're, they're going with it is, and you see this out of the Trump administration as well, is y- you guys don't want to be in this situation, then stay home. You know, and and talking even about increased risks to young people and things like that. You know, if we hit it hard early, then we all get to get out of our houses sooner. And the stuff that I'm seeing research wise out of places like Imperial College and there's a couple guys that are out there that have really made some made their names even, um, you know, reporting on this stuff and providing analysis. It appears like four to seven weeks is really what we're looking at in terms of mm-hmm. a um, of a suppression strategy, um, it looks like we're sense. we're going to need both suppression and mitigation. And then, at that point, if we did a good job, if the R number, which is basically the number that how many people that are infected, how many additional people get infected, if that number is greater than one, it's growing. If it's less than one, it's it's getting smaller. And they're going to look at that number really closely and start to peel back some of these restrictions as we get the number underneath one. So we really just got to get that number underneath one. Yep. is more or less what it's about. So here's, let me pivot now, and we'll take this discussion into the NBA realm. Well, I do, by the way, have three key fantasy questions for Brew. That'll be later on in the show. But as we've been doing every day this week, I wanted to do, I wanted to spend some time just on the Corona-related NBA news and kind of what that means and uh, I put out yesterday's podcast at about, I think, uh, 10 or 11 a.m. here on the Pacific on Pacific time. And over the next two or three hours, we started to get all these reports of NBA players that had tested positive that had taken their test back on like the 13th or the 14th. So it took three, four, five days for the, the players to get their results. Uh, two Lakers, by the way, neither one of them being JaVale McGee was a really good piece of news and all of that. Um, Marcus Smart on the Celtics. Who am I missing here? There were there was one Nuggets staffer that, what, that tested positive. It sort of doesn't matter. The list, what matters here is that this was always to be expected. These players were exposed to the virus before the NBA shut down. And so this is while it seems kind of crummy, and I think people's reaction to finding out all these players are testing positive is like, ah, we're doomed. Well, you know, this is, this is again, that lagging indicator factor. These are people that were exposed before the NBA shut its doors. There, there's uh, Gavin Newsom here in California, governor uh, of California, predicted 56% of us here in California would get it. 
and and this was when when they when it, they started bringing people here into Sacramento area, um, right outside of Sacramento Travis Air Force Base. They knew they had it, and they were quarantining them there, and they didn't have any measures in place to, um, you know, to keep these guys. Like a couple of them wandered off the base, a couple of them went and stayed in some hotels. I mean, so like people have had it here for a long time, and tracking it and testing for it is really, really the only reason that we haven't had the types of numbers that you've seen in other countries um, earlier than they're being reported right now. So the idea that NBA players have it shouldn't be shocking. Like, no, exactly. I think it's going to – I saw one report that basically had it at 70% if we do nothing, 40% if we're pretty good about it. Yeah. Uh, and so the whole hope is that aside from the obvious stuff that you're hearing, that the medical systems can handle things, is that um, the combination of a suppression and a mitigation strategy – in addition to a vaccine, when they can, if we can get to the vaccine portion of this this thing, then um, you know, then that being like maybe six to nine months down the road, depending on. Actually, the ranges on that have been fascinating. You know, most of the reports have it at about twelve to fifteen months, but every now and then you're seeing something come out of like there was one in Japan where they were having success with it, and, and it makes you think that maybe, just maybe, you know, luck strikes and, and something can come through in like six months. Um, in which case then you start administering the vaccine and that, if you want to tie it back into the NBA, to come full circle with I it. I do. I do. So I think the NBA just sort of reading the tea leaves here. I think they're looking at this and they they're realizing at some point there's not going to be a suppression strategy and there might not even be, I mean, there'll be a mitigation strategy, but like if everybody has it and, and we're into what are what they're talking about is like the second and the third waves of the virus kicking back around within the population and then them looking at that R number and trying to keep it underneath one, they're looking Which, and they're the way, saying- just to jump in, it should be easier in those ways because there will be at that point some herd immunity, but that's a different topic altogether. Yeah, you know, and I don't know about herd immunity. Like, uh, England's going to be the the big um, measurement of that because they're uh, they're not doing as much on the um, the quarantining side. So we'll see how that works out. And, and herd immunity, you probably know better than me how that works. But um, what I think you'll probably see is at some point NBA players can be quarantined effectively for you know, X amount of time, you know, I think the league might say, Hey, look, we need to come up with an actual quarantining program. And they might look and say, all right, what facilities would we try to try to work within? Um, some facilities being safer than others, some areas of the country possibly being safer than others. And the idea being that you don't play with fans, <clears throat> that, that that's probably way too far off for a bunch of people to congregate in the same room and pass this thing back and forth. But you can do a TV event and, and the UFC did that the other day. And, and I think you just got to kind of darken the, um, you know, you don't do, don't do fan shots, you know, make it a four TV event. And, um, that way you get your games in and you get your continuity and TV being the biggest, the bigger piece of the revenue anyway. Yeah. You know, that's, that, that's where the, I think. Yeah, that's the part where I feel like there's, I don't know, maybe am I 
Am I being too optimistic by still saying I'd rather wait and see on this stuff? I feel like I feel like the only responses I'm getting to these shows are, Dan, you've got more hope than I do, which I'm actually kind of okay with. I, I, I think I'm generally a pretty pragmatic guy, but to me, it feels like there's a way they could play these games. It doesn't feel like there's a way they could play them with a packed arena, but to get it on television feels eminently doable because, I mean, you can, if you're quarantining enough people, you can effectively snuff out the disease for that group of people. You're going to have to really, like, you know, nail down the arena security and, you know, clean everything, obviously, beforehand and limit who's in there, you know. And, and it, but it's got to be a real quarantine because I think optics wise, if you have players that are continuing to go out because of Corona, you know, they might have a hard time just even within like a CBA negotiation, you know, there's internal negotiations within the CBA, you know, where the players are negotiating with themselves. And then you've got negotiations with the owners and and how that's all going to pan out. And there's going to be some safety platform in there. So if you have players that test positive for COVID, you know, and they can't play in the game, you know, it's just going to start, it's going to pull at the, the, the already delicate foundation. And so I think they're going to come up with a quarantine strategy and I think they'll end up playing these games. And, and probably if I had to guess like mid June, um, and then, you know, have maybe an abbreviated, and this is where it gets kind of interesting. I think they almost have to have at least some season. Not just because you, you like, so you, you go and you start a playoff, right? Say, okay, we'll go best of five, you know, for the first two rounds. I've seen that floated out there. You're going to take a team that hasn't played competitive basketball <laughs> in <laughs> however many months and put it all on the line. <laughs> it just doesn't add up. No. I, so, but, and then you also get to address like the Western Conference playoff chase and who knows, maybe you, uh, I think there'll probably have to be a uniform schedule, but um, how those games get allocated becomes a question. You know, like, okay, so you're the uh, Grizzlies, right? Well, let's have you play all the best teams or like other hungry teams, you know, that, that might make you lose games. And then um, you're a chase team, you're the Pelicans, you know. You're, you're going to get got teams that are resting players that are, you know, not good. That, that would be unfair. So really, I think you, from a league level, you might be looking at, all right, let's take all the games that are remaining and hold them at not necessarily just one site, but possibly just one site that's super quarantined, you know, with, with a hotel, you know, that's super quarantined um, and try to pull it off that way, but actually play out the remaining schedule Possibly in a in a you know more back to backs, you know more um, frequency with the game, so you can try to ram through the remaining games in just this really short amount of time that gets everybody ready for the playoffs. Um, I don't know if they can get all the games in, but in order to keep and preserve fairness, you, you, to me, I, I mean, how do you pick games? You know. Who That's do you a damn play? good question. Yeah, I don't know how you could. I mean, you could, like you said, you could jam them in in a in a tighter window, and then you'd probably see 
you'd probably get more rest days, right? Guys wouldn't play in the back-to-backs. You could pretty much write off any superstar from playing in any back-to-backs. But you also potentially uh, eliminate travel because you don't want people banging around all over the country for these games. So there's kind of positives and negatives from that element. This is why I don't think... This is why I don't want to end my leagues yet. Honestly, I I I think people. Oh, there's are, no reason to. Yeah, I, I, it's been a week, guys. It's been nine days. I don't even understand really. I've seen, you know, I think it's Josh that's out there, you know, saying the the alternative point of just you got to end them now. Like, I I don't I haven't heard that sentiment from the high stakes guys. Yeah, no, I I, and, I was on Josh's pod with him, and we kind of we didn't fight about it. I mean, it was it was a pleasant discussion. I just took the other side. I said, what's the harm in waiting? two three weeks even at this point like why do we need to why do we need to pull the plug nine days after the league ended we don't we really don't know what's going to happen with this with this situation two four five weeks from now it it could go in so many different ways if it looks like it's getting exponentially worse and we're like a month out from all these measures being put in place then i get it you know at that point you can probably make a pretty confident guess that it's not coming back but right now we really don't know we're we're at by the way this again we're recording this friday early afternoon uh and i know we are not china i get it but they just have had two days in a row with no locally transmitted cases oh but they took some measures over there (laughs) right but you know it's they had drones hovering over the neighborhoods (laughs) well maybe 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 i need to start back to your house i'm gonna start hang gliding over neighborhoods and yelling at people to get back inside (laughs) that's my my iteration of it so again i know we're not that and we and we will we won't be we can't be here nor should we be but there is a path back to normalcy i mean crap south korea's starting games up again well i mean there's going to be momentum within society to get the trains running back on time i mean we're looking at two million unemployment claims by some date i can't remember really Um, soon i think it was this month was the i think was that projection yeah um so i mean we're all obviously we all gonna have to fight against the forces that are gonna want us to return to action too soon to draw the basketball parallel there but um, people will want this to get going and get fixed as soon as possible. So there, there will be that momentum. And, and really, I mean, there's no bad ideas here, just to throw that out here. Like when we're looking at this stuff in the high stakes leagues, like the NFBKC sent an email out there. It's just very straightforward. It's like if this, if there's no more regular season than the standings are what they are, you know, it is what it is. And it's funny in that league, I'm benefiting from that. Now that's a we- it, that's a weekly league, right? Weekly roto, weekly no games played caps, right? Roto, okay. yeah. Um, I'm on board and, with that. By and the way. it's, I mean, and it's so I'm I'm actually getting not helped because third, I'm in second place in that league, and um, shout out to Eric Lopez, just an amazing team he drafted. It just like every single pick hit, and um, and I have an outstanding team in that league. Um, Third place is just way behind, so I'm not. Tr- uh, I'm confident no matter what would happen, I'd get second no matter what. But the uh, the other league, I'm just getting so royally screwed. I'm well positioned for first place, and I will end up in third because of a you know bad day or two when the wrong players sat due to Corona. <laughs> and, you right, know, right before it, the shutdown. Yeah, right before the shutdown, just like can't make it up well this is why i think we gotta wait for uh, among so many other reasons and we will wait in that case and and that's the thing like so nfbkc basically said if we're playing we're playing you know and same thing over you know with the other league is is 
we are going to probably see this out. And, um, and that's cool. Like, I, I feel like, okay, there's a handful of players. And I think we talked about this on the last show, like who you might exclude from a player pool. Right. Um, so there's that, but you know, all of this is reaction to random events. You know, Gordon Hayward snaps his leg on the first day last year. Random event. You can't you can't plan for that. You know, and, and and it's and on and on. So this is just a really big one. And so yeah, you might have a guy like Kelly Oubre who's in your player pool. You know, you you might have others like him that are in the player pool. So maybe figure out a policy to address that, and then you just move on. But um. It'll be interesting on a number of levels. I'm already, we were talking before the show on this, like um, next year, there's going to be a lot of talent required next year, depending on how free agency goes. You know, we'll see if, if there's like a spike or a decrease in player movement as a result of this. Right, because everything's going to get mashed together in a shorter timeline. Yeah, I mean, I take 400 hours to do my research over the summer. And. Last year, I did a project actually quantifying that time um, just so for planning purposes to know where I have to put the hours. Um, so 400 hours to put together the B-150. So how does that get wedged in in an, in an abbreviated offseason? And, you know, maybe there are other guys that are, um, you know, going to possibly get to be, uh, the, say, how do they say this, at the same level, you know, because... What if I can only put in 200 hours? I don't know. But I do know this, that I'll probably be faster than most people because I've done it for 10 years. I've always thought that the more challenge that there is in the game itself, the better off we'll be. And so I'm I'm thinking we're going to have another big season next year. Yeah, because the challenge would separate somebody making guesses from somebody actually doing the work. If it was yeah. simple, you could guess the right answer. If it's hard, I, it's going to be a lot tougher. Even if somebody was to take all of my processes and automate them through AI, right? How do we know that hasn't already happened, Robot Brew? Well, how do we know that we're not <laughs> robots, Dan? Been, yeah, this podcast took a dark turn. <laughs> uh, I'm only in season... I just started season two, so if you've watched this stuff, you can't tell me anything. Yeah, and I don't, don't even, even give me like little hints, because you give me this, the little hints. I hate when people do this. They think they're so smart. They give, they give you the little hint, right? You know, when they're telling you about something, oh, we'll just blah, 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 and you're like, fuck, you just gave it away. <laughs> don't do it, Dan. No, I'm I invested don't, now. Dude, I don't even remember what happened. I watched it, and I have no recollection of what happened. Honestly, and it was like I, less than a year ago. It's it's such a confusing show. Um, so, yes, let's say somebody did automate Aaron Bruski. Yeah, no, if they did that, they would have to be able to see the game because that's the biggest. So you can do all sorts of statistical analysis, but then you have to be able to look at a player and know how are they going to progress through their own you know, progression as a player. How is that going to mesh? A lot of basketball stuff going on there. So, I mean, there are people who can do it. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some a lot of talented guys that I play against and – um you know, they've got all the tools, all the clubs in the bag. They can see the game. They can evaluate the game. They can have the statistical analysis side. And, you know, some of them even have the time. Um, but that will be a differentiator in this upcoming year. And and, and, I, and I really, I hope we do a pod where we just look at B-150 stuff. I This year, minus like a couple random events, like when Rashawn went down, that hurt us all. 
um, he was carrying, not carrying, because there's a lot of other good picks as well. But like, I mean, man, we just had a lot of good picks. I feel like our our our, our listeners should probably be like top three in their league, no matter what. You know. Um, so with that in mind, another uh, good I reason want- to let it play out. There you go. I wanted a tidal wave this year, though. Like, I really thought we had a tidal wave where, like, everybody would be boat racing, you know. And it, and it started off that way. I, mean, I was in first. You know, I had teams that were in first. I got teams with Steph Curry as the first overall pick that are in first. I mean, that's crazy. And, and teams with Zion, you know, the, what a bust he was as a pick, <laughs> you know, before, before he got hurt first place don't yeah put a keep keep that one in the back of your mind because i do have a question for you on zion i have three i have three fantasy questions for you here before we wrap things up we should we should definitely talk a lot about players though you know over the next couple weeks because there's just a ton of great stories out there of what guys have done this year yeah Rashawn is the one by the way that really hurt my teams most of my other stuff you know me i go real light in the early rounds and those guys generally worked out you know i have uh, a fair number of Kawhi leonard's uh, some jimmy butler's uh andre drummond was humming along prior to this sort of weird calf thing Kawhi's had a quietly great year really man. good year a really I mean, good year and 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 we so i mean look at the guys that we put our faith in like Kawhi was high on our on our ranks uh, chris paul yeah we I've, killed it with Chris Paul this year. I've had many other industry people come to me via DM and just been like, thank you for talking me into Chris Paul behind the scenes. I was like, you're welcome, man. Like it just That one was just a math thing that made sense in my head because he was going to a place where he was going to run the offense again. Well, I mean, we, we know what he needed to be good this year. He needed like to be for good. For his own sake. He, he was going to be happy. He was out from under whatever was going on in Houston. Everything was pointing to him playing 65 games. He didn't even games. need to be that good. No, he didn't. He just needed to stay upright, which I know is obviously the caveat. I didn't there. even need him to stay upright. It was like if he stayed mostly upright, he would have hit his ADP. And anything beyond that was just gravy. I love picks like that where where it's just it's gravy. You're looking at it, you're like, okay, if I get anything beyond my very conservative expectation here i've beaten my adp and so yeah i mean there are going to be guys like that and and we'll get into that down the line but i want to ask you about uh well let's start with zion actually because i don't even know what the hell to make of of where he's going this is doesn't it feel like the disconnect between what he's actually done and what people feel like he's done is colossal like he's been he's 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 kind of near not Kawhi last um, two years ago when, you know, Kawhi was this upside pick first round potential, you know, then doesn't play all year. And then you've got the injury reports that strung everybody along like that kind of damage, you know, to your your fantasy roster. Now, he, do, but what about the defense? Like the defensive stats are lower than expected. Oh, they're not. They're non-existent. They're non-existent. He's a brutal. He's second, I think, only to uh, Giannis in negative free throw impact per game. I believe he's in front of Andre Drummond in that category, uh, just in terms of what he's done to teams. And he, like, he doesn't look like he figured it out. That's so for I, sure. So do you think... But here's the thing, though. We can look at him and we see these deficiencies. Don't you think a lot of people are going to look at him and see rookie record for 20 points in a game... I feel like he's still going to yeah, get overdrafted yeah, that, because that, of that name. The price will still be high, though the fantasy community has gotten so much better over the years. Like there are enough voices that are probably going to be on top of the 
1.6 combined money counting stats per game. <laughs> so bad. Like, and he looked so promising, you know, coming out of college in those areas. And that could it get better? There, there, there's a couple things here. So he is very tired out there. He looks outright fat. Is that and fixable? I know, I know that's I know that's gonna like irk some people, but like there's something in there in the training regimen that needs to be addressed. Like he's how how old is he? Youth, I think, is the thing that needs to be addressed. Probably. Yeah, yeah. He, right? There's definitely there's been an aloofness to the way that he's approached the game. Um, you you see it in sort of the um, the way he talks about the game. Now, he's also, by the way, I want people to remember, we think that he is an amazing human being. We're just oh, talking yeah. about his fantasy game right now. He's like the, one of the first players to offer up money to the part-time workers. He seems like oh, a genuinely yeah, amazing yeah. dude. Well, and, and even like just kind of like, and I've said this publicly in the past, is like his head is screwed on straight. But when you talk about the game of basketball... I don't know why I have to say that. <laughs> Game of basketball. <laughs> Thanks, old-timey uh, analyst on a TV broadcast. When, when, when you're screaming out a cloud, <laughs> Zion, he, he's got to figure out the weight issue because aside from his own health, but it's just the way he runs on the court, man. Like, You know who, who used to do this that used to kill me with this? It was Isaiah Thomas. Great player. We, we were always ahead of the curve on him. And it was, you know, just hilarious watching him just go off after multiple predictions for many years. But he had this little jog on defense and he had this this flat footed stance on defense, you know, and eventually when the offense wasn't there and the explosion left and the, the minutes racked up and he couldn't really, you know, he was hungry as a rookie. He got out there and he defended a little bit. But then that stuff started going away, and I'm sitting there thinking, man, dude, at least fake it, you know, and people <laughs> will not ride you for this. And and Zion's doing the same exact thing where he, like, the play, you know, rebound goes to the teammate, you know, the, or the other team, and it, they kick the ball up the court, and he sort of slowly puts his head down, and he turns, and it's not a turn and sprint. It's a turn and jog, and he hasn't marked his man in transition. He hasn't communicated with teammates about who's picking up who. you got a cross match all of a sudden. And he's kind of doing that rec league thing where he runs in between the three point lines. <laughs> and that's pure conditioning. And you've seen it in the early, in the, the first first few games that he played. And then in the last half of the games that he played, that's when you, so the first 10 games you go, okay, I'll give you those. You know, yeah, this is full, full court NBA basketball. You can't prepare for it. It's going to take you 10 games to get into shape. But it's those next 10 games after that where you go, all right, between that and the composition of your body, you know, you're, you're not in shape. So the question becomes, what's your diet and how much are you like, what, what is his weightlifting regimen? You know, is he really just naturally that strong where he doesn't even really have to work out in addition to what the normal level of working out is? This is where or, I would use the Andre the Giant drop from Princess Bride. If I if I was putting drops into a but podcast, I don't know how I'm so big and strong. I don't even exercise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but wait, what about the future then? And we're not going to get into rankings for next year. Are these things that he can't address? Well, so the, the the blocks issue, I can see him not wanting to get in there and mix it up because if you're 
leaving your feet, especially if you're Zion and you jump pretty damn high, you you put yourself at a risk for injury. So it's possible that he's like, and maybe even been told, go more for charges. You know, I doubt they're telling him that, but like, just keep it within the the guardrails. You know, that could be the message, whether that's from the team or his own camp. Um, but it, it seems like instinctually he also doesn't have a read on rotations and blocks, especially for a guy his size, depending on which position he's playing. If he's playing the four, it's going to be a lot more weak side block um, attempts on his part. You got to have that instinct. And it's, it's not just all about leaping ability at that point. It's about knowing before the offense makes their move where you need to slide over. And so there's hope. I think there's, you know, you're looking at 0.5 blocks per game over 30 minutes. Um, you know, you can assume that he's going to get an uptick up to about 33 at some point next year. And he can probably get up to a block per game. But the question is, is does he even want to? Hmm. And so you that, think you think overdrafted still, just on name alone? Um, just you had to guess, just pull it out of the clouds because it's March. <laughs> uh, yeah, I yeah, think probably. so. I don't know. I, I mean, th- there's something to be said though for a guy his size that if he does get into shape, you know, and he does have sort of an off season, whatever how ridiculous this off season is to prepare, he his. his his preseason stuff jumped off the film. Like his, his, his first step in preseason made me think there is no ceiling here. And I haven't seen that in the film for him. So I, I, I do think that he, I think the conditioning is a lot of what we're seeing right now. So okay. I'm going to go this, I'll say he's underdrafted next year. Ah, interesting. All right. Let me ask you about two injured guys coming back next year. And then we'll let everybody have their weekend to go. Uh, Underdrafted by the smallest of margins. Okay, so it's pretty. It's it'll it'll balance out. There's a lot of factors pulling at him. What about two guys that missed the entire season? You could even lump in a third if you want. The guys that were out all year that are top ish or all the way top to your fantasy players: Kevin Durant, John Wall, Clay Thompson. Did these guys get overdrafted? Underdrafted? Neither. Are you worried about any one of them more than any others? I mean, I'll I'll throw my thoughts out there on this. Um, I'm I'm kind of worried about rest days, particularly for Kevin Durant. John Wall was already looking like he had lost a step even before getting hurt. The one that feels, and I, I don't know how you call him the safest of those three, but I guess would be Clay because he's largely a three point shooter, also a good defender. Does he lose a step on that side? But that's a different question, I suppose. Um. Where do you think these guys end up? I mean, they, a lot of times I'll look, take a hard look at guys coming back from injury, but like with Durant, Achilles is a big deal. Yeah, you know, Durant's game is so effortless that he's probably going to be something of a value pick. I mean, a lot of this comes down to how that just the top eight guys, top 12 guys really sort of whatever happens in the offseason and how, how do they sit you know, because it, it, when you get into the first round, it's all about risk, right? So somebody like Damian Lillard, you know, just people don't ever picture him as having a risk. So he is just rock solid where he's at. So when somebody, somebody gets a risk attached to them, 
Anthony Davis probably being the the best example of guys that have slid, even though they have superior stat sets. Um, or even Kawhi. He could. Yeah, Kawhi. He, but uh, I mean, Katie's kind of already working out now to the point where people are asking the question if he would be coming back for a few games at the end of this theoretic se- season that we're in right now. So I think he's going to be healthy. I think he's going to show that in whatever sort of film you see of preseason, offseason stuff that's floating around. So I think he'll be ready for the season. Hmm. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, and then people will just be asking the question of, okay, this is sort of Anthony Davis-ish. Um, I would predict that he's going to go somewhere probably like top seven. Hmm. Maybe even better. Do you think, I, I mean, I got to think that he sits a lot of back-to-backs next year. I think he sits a lot of back-to-backs, and I also think that you're going to see the um, the arrangement. This is why Kyrie Irving was such an interesting <clears throat> selection this year, is, is you had to know that he didn't want to play much this year. It's a warm-up year. It was like LeBron last year in L.A. It was, yeah. And, and LeBron totally took last year off. Like, bravo, you fooled everybody. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> yeah, we were asking, like, Hey, do you still got that extra gear? You still got that extra yeah, gear. Yeah, it turns out yeah. he's fine, everyone. <laughs> he's incredible. Yeah. I mean, there's we can talk about little edges of his game that have eroded, but like he's still got it. And uh with KD, he's definitely still got it. Um, but you're right about like back to backs that probably have some uh some pause there before they throw him into a lot of that. But this comes down to like how's he how's the big bet with Kyrie going? And I think all of them sort of knew that this upcoming year was the one to target. So get conservative with injuries. If you're Kyrie, you know, and, and whatever he's got going on upstairs that needs to be addressed. I'm sure that's playing a big role of everything that's going on, you know, um, with him. So now this is the, the, the you got to pay the piper this year. So I think it will motivate players like Katie to stay on the floor, to try to make it work. Now hmm. here's the downside to that this thing could be a spectacular explosion. Like the, the, like Kyrie cannot lead a basketball team. And I don't think KD can. I don't know that for sure. But, I mean, the story on him and his career to date is not being able to fit in because of the way he plays the game. And it's not because he's like completely selfish. It's not because he's um, not great. It's just that he doesn't mix his game to maximize the other four players on the floor. So playing off the ball, moving, requiring isolation to be effective, those things. That So if you have Kyrie, who's already a total mess, I mean... <laughs> The, the the way teammates look at him while he dribbles the basketball is all you need to know there. So with those two, if it goes south, then I think players start looking out for their own selves. You Don't know, you think like, Kyrie could be an interesting value next year? Everybody's really annoyed oh, with yeah. him. Oh, yeah. Well, but he, you know what's funny about Kyrie? He gets so overrated just as a player. Like, uh, I was it last year that he was good in relation to ADP? But uh, most years... Yeah, he had a really good shooting year in Boston. Yeah, so like most years, though, he's he's kind of let let owners down. Um, he's going to get overdrafted. I do think, th- I mean, so if he was drafted in what, like, I think his ADP was like 15 or 16. 
Oddly enough, he went at 25 in this industry mock that's going on right now. That's isn't that that seems wildly well, late, but I guess the expectation is that he's going to miss 25 games. This is Kyrie we're talking about now. Yeah, well, that I think is probably that's low. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's kind of back to the Chris Paul thing, and and it's funny because there's guys that have been like this for years. I remember Paul Pierce one year was like getting up there in age. He was like 33, 34. Oh God. <laughs> Definitely had lost a step, but he just, you just kind of knew he was going to do what he does. And stat set wise, it was enough to push it across the board. And I want to say he was going like fourth or fifth round that year. And he just came in and just popped in a top 25 season like it was nothing. And so you got these older players that stat set wise, like if Kyrie, you know, doesn't implode, you know, if he plays 68 games he will finish the season with top 15-ish, you know, valuation. Doesn't it feel like Clay Thompson is just going to get treated like he didn't actually miss a year? That people are just going to be like, oh, he'll just be Clay again. We'll just take him where he would have, where we would have last year if he was healthy. I don't know that anybody's going to really knock him down a peg. <laughs> I watched a guy on one of the local news shows get asked this really long, serious question. Then he just said, yes. <laughs> uh, yes. I think people are going to like, if there's a player who's custom built for that kind of a response, like it's clay, everything yeah, he does is precision. That team will be bereft of talent going, you know, into next year. It'll be just the, the big heavy hitters and guys that have gotten a lot of experience this last year. You know, that's been a good thing for them. The, yeah. Their bench will be really good next year, despite having, you know, names that probably people won't think are that good. So, but he, he's going to get in there and he's going to get as many shot attempts as he normally does. He's, they don't have D'Angelo Russell to worry about. Um, yeah. So I, so I, yeah, but, same. but the, you're going to get him at a discount no matter what. He will probably be the easiest discount in the draft because you're just going to, he's going to put up, um, I mean, he started getting hit pretty hard there at the end with the Kevin Durant stuff. He'd probably go top 30. Yeah, I think so, too. I told and, you I wasn't giving away anything for next year, but... No, this is, we're probably, just, this is where we probably, think he'd guys... Probably, he'd probably go top 30. Then he might. I mean, I'd, I'm more curious where these guys get drafted. And then would you take a flyer on John Wall? Dep- I, I know the answer is depends oh, on where you're going, but... No, well, so Wall isn't... He's going to be... I love this stuff. I could talk about it for days. Like He's real interesting because it, when players get sort of their basketball mortality handed back to them like he has. I think, like, first of all, if he wasn't drinking, he looked like he was hitting the bottle He hard. looked like Baron Davis. <laughs> really? Like, he, I, I turned on a Wizards game at the beginning of last season, and I thought, what is B. Diddy doing on this team? And then they zoomed in, and I was like, oh, my God, what happened to John Wall? I Like, there was a weird series of uh, i don't know if it was i mean there was a thickness to it but it was also like he just hammered his shoulders at the gym for an off season and he was he's totally changed in shape he couldn't move he obviously had some injury stuff going on and then they and then it just got worse and worse and then he then he actually blew it out but he looked fat yeah he looked big i mean and 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 i don't like to say that you know like that's kind of you know, I'm assuming some things, though those rumors have been out there and I've, you know, been published or whatever, but like whatever is going on and, you know, I don't judge him if he was drinking. That's his, that's his thing. But like he was overweight and then he got hurt and and nobody is touching his contract. He knows that. 
and his best and he and to his credit he seems like he has been pretty damn engaged and he's been doing the right things you haven't been hearing about any stuff true you know and so i i just think that you know when you get your basketball mortality handed to you it's going to put you in a position of okay hey am i going to keep going down the road i'm going or am i going to go down a road that's going to you know be better and i kind of have an inkling that you're going to hear about him taking the the good road getting in shape, maybe not being the John Wall of old, but he's going to get drafted like what in an eight cat league. And it's funny. He'll get drafted the same place in a nine cat league because people don't care about turnovers, but like 50. Yeah, probably 50. And he'll probably have a shot to, to go top 15 in eight cat in eight. Yeah. I was going to say nine cat. He's going to probably have four turnovers a game and then you have to, readjust things a little bit interesting okay okay it'll be interesting to see what his game looks like too like is he taking more shots away from the rim that could hurt his value um the strength thing is a thing that nba players i watched i mean Giannis, like he's he's gained so much strength that i don't think he can feel the basketball in his hand and and, and and thus the the free throw shooting. Well, that's what happens when you're a superhero. You just you don't even need to feel it anymore. You can just slam it on people's heads. You just can't shoot a free throw. Dead looks like he's shooting a boulder. Yeah, it really does. It's the it's the Shaq thing. It looks like Shaq shooting a free throw. Clank. It's terrible. Although I still I will not take away the award of ugliest and funniest sound I heard on a shot all year to the Tristan Thompson transition pull up three pointer. <laughs> <laughs> That's still the winner. It missed so far to the right. It was straight away. It was it was top of the circle three, straight on, and it it clanged off the bottom right corner of the backboard with a resounding gadong. And I thought, did well, they that's the, the best. Do they have styrofoam on the, the bottom of those I, things it anymore? It might have. I, I don't. I don't know, man. I, they didn't show a replay of it, and for good reason because they didn't want to make the fans viscerally ill. But the sound was so funny that when it happened, my first reaction was, "Oh, that's a bad shot." And then, it, and then I heard it, and I went, "Okay, that's the funniest shot all year." Dan, if you played in Cleveland, you'd take that same shot. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't think I could even throw a basketball that far. So who the hell am I to talk? <laughs> you know, I ain't. You know, I ain't getting any farther away than a corner three. When I was at summer league, we were pulling. Everybody pulled out, you know, we're at the court and everybody's shooting around. I swear I missed a shot so far to the right that I, I think that was when I decided to quit. <laughs> was a, you joke him, Noah side spun that bad boy and it just caught a breeze. You Dude, threw- I wish I could blame it on the side spin. It was just like, <laughs> it was off into the right. Joke down the open net. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, be safe this weekend. We will continue to have shows for you Monday through Friday. We'll try to get you through this thing as best we can. He is Aaron Bruski. Yeah, be, be safe out there, everybody. Yeah, what he said. Aaron, thanks a bunch, my my big dog. I'll talk to you next week. Arf, arf. He's Aaron. I'm Dan. At Aaron Bruski, at Dan Bespers. This is Fantasy NBA Today. Good luck. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.